Today, Rinpoche continued his explanation of the 37 aspects of enlightenment, specifically the section on the four legs of magical emanation, showing how with this concentration, <laughs> one can travel to any of the Buddha lands. Okay. So welcome everyone to the Chen Rezu Tibetan Buddhist Center. Uh, once again, Rinpoche is going over uh, Lama Tsongkhapa's great treatise on the stage of the path to enlightenment, and specifically the section on the uh, training the mind, the stage of the path for beings of great capacity. Uh, now, specifically, uh, we're in the section that deals with uh, method and wisdom, and this. Um, section is broken down into two categories, the need for method and wisdom according to the regular perfection vehicle, and then the need for method and wisdom as shown or presented in the perfection vehicle, uh, in the tantric vehicle. So showing that this is something that is in common uh, between sutra and the tantric teachings, and it would be um, this need for the union of method and wisdom. So in English, uh, you'll find it on page 99, um, in the um, great treatise. Um, and then everything else today that if anyone's new or following new on the video, uh, there's no English translation for uh, some of the quotes there are and so, so forth. So I've uh, been able to work a tiny bit on these texts and find some of the quotes from Maitreya and so forth. So hopefully that'll aid us today in our understanding. Um, but uh, just for anybody who is new, this information is difficult and none of it is in English, so we're going to, you know, g go at it very slowly and uh, uh, we're currently going over what we'll find on page 99. <laughs> Nangaba uh, so today we're going to focus on uh, basically this one paragraph that we find in Lama Tsongkhapa's great treatise that really shows this common, um, how the perfection 
practices of the perfection vehicle are common to both sutra and the tantric teachings. So it says, this training in method and wisdom comprising the six perfections is explained earlier common to both the mantra and perfection vehicles. For in many of the tantric classics, we find repeated mention of the complete path of the perfections, the six perfections, the 30, 37 branches of enlightenment, the 16 emptinesses, etc., in the context of the explanations that the entire celestial mansion and the array of resonant deities are the inner qualities of the mind. <coughs> Therefore, know that all the perfection of wisdom literature's explanation about what is to be adopted and what is to be discarded uh, are comprehensively shared with the mantra vehicle, except in the case of the tantric teachings for certain exceptional persons in which they must take the experience of sensory objects as the path, and so forth. Uh, so here, uh, it's pointing out that the practices within uh, the um, path of the perfections, uh, the six perfections, 37 branches of enlightenment, the, the 16 wisdoms realizing emptiness, are all the basis for the realization and manifestation of the tantric um, levels, such as the deity and the abode. Okay, Ramji. Aspects of the legs of magical emanation. Uh, um, 
Number four, the five aspects of the, f the faculties. Uh, number five, the uh, uh, five aspects of the strengths. Uh, number six are the seven aspects of the branches of enlightenment. Uh, and number eight are the aspects of the branches of the path of nobles. So the eight, there are eight aspects of, of uh, the branches of the path of nobles. So there are seven aspects of the branches of enlightenment. Uh, so those make for a total of 37. Uh, so we've gone over uh, the four aspects of the close placements of mindfulness, um, and we've gone over uh, the four perfect abandonments. Uh, so now we've arrived at the four aspects of the legs of magical emanation. Um, so when we look at this word, uh, magical emanation, magical emanation, if it is magical emanation, it is necessarily single-pointed concentration. Uh, so this is referring to that which is necessarily a single-pointed concentration. And the reason that this word legs is used is based on this single-pointed concentration, this magical emanation, one is able to quickly go wherever he or she wishes. Uh, so whether it is to the pure Buddha lands or to anywhere within cyclic existence he or she is needed, um, this uh, is compared to the legs which allow one to get there. Um, so this is the reason for the word of legs chosen, um, and this is necessarily considered a single-pointed uh, concentration. Uh, so today we're going to spend time on the four aspects of the legs of magical emanation. Uh, so I'm going to try to slowly go through this because I found uh, I, I, the mantra is middle beyond extremes, uh, where there's quite a few of the quotes uh, that we'll find coming forward that we didn't have before, so hopefully they'll tie it together. But um, in looking at those, and then in our previous classes, I can say with confidence that um, it was pretty um, well in terms of literal translation, um, and it doesn't make any sense in the root text. So uh, the words just are a bunch of words and, and put together that require uh, commentary. So. Um, when we were look, trying to figure out the meaning in the last classes of some of the quotes in Maitreya's texts and trying to derive some way to explain them in a way that made sense, the root text, it doesn't. So um, it's encoded in a way. So uh, that's just as a, a note. And uh, so we'll begin today going over these four aspects of the legs of magical emanation. Okay. Okay. Alejibaridabamba. Tule, 
So um, what I can go over, so the, the four aspects of the legs of magical emanation will be explained according to Penchen Sanandrapa's general meaning of perfection. And within that, uh, each of these, Tuchena, have six categories. So uh, each of these, diff these seven uh, um, have these six categories that Penchen Sanandrapa points out. Um, so the first category has the six, so it's going to be exactly the same um, as those before. Uh, so the first category is um, object of observation. Uh, then the second category is nature. Uh, third category is accompanier. Uh, the fourth category is the explanation of meditation. The fifth category is the need for meditation. And then the sixth category is the meaning of the words or sounds. Uh, so these are the six categories that will be uh, explain this. Um, and now we're in uh, number three. Uh, so it says uh, the third category um, uh, has six as the previous uh, did. Um, so the, the commentary here says just like the, the previous um, um, aspects explained have six, these have six as well. Um, and it says, in dependence upon a, a single pointed, it's in dependence upon a single pointed concentration um, that is established. Um, not so aspects. Mipa yimbeacher tingenzi la dene. So tingenzi la dene drupa jawe. Tingas so, so the object of observation is a, a single pointed concentration 
that is establishes emanation of some sort. So uh, this is the object. So when we look at the first category, object of observation, it's a, um, uh, an emanation that, uh, there are varieties of, of emanations, varieties of emanations that are established in dependence upon a single point in concentration. So these are the objects, okay? Um, so the single when we look at what the nature of this is is um, it says in the um, compendium of trainings it says its nature uh, is explained as um, single pointed concentration um, so it says nipa the second thing will be explained is nature um, so it says that the um, five um, abandonments um, or the yeah, I guess the five negativities or the the five harms, yeah, the the five five negatives um, uh, are abandoned by the uh, uh, antidote of of the eight single pointed concentrations that. Uh, Nepa ngo Lelui 
Dende nga yanjer surunang rinpoche. De tambo lelo. Nebanga. Nebanga. Nebanga dende marbe. Shosena. Ane. Dende tinga de kuwa mutu lelo tambache lelo ro. Lelo. Lelo je. Dende danga jebi nebas. アンネルハウゴゲナカルゴゴアンハジエオナゲエデネネジエバスデネネジエバスデネネジエバスデネネジエバスデネネジエバスデネネジエバスデネネジエバスデネネジエバスデネネジエバスデネネジエバスデネネ
uh, it says the cause or basis of intention. Um, so uh, um, faith becomes what kind of causes or serves as the foundation for this intention, this wanting to develop single-pointed concentration. And as a result of this effort, um, you achieve pliancy. You achieve flexibility or pliancy. Uh, so these are the, the four, uh, intention, effort, faith, and pliancy. Um, so then uh, it says that uh, um, the remaining four applications eliminate their respective flaws. Uh, so uh, the first one is um, to not forget one's focal point. Um, so the way to not forget one's focal point uh, uh, is to have mindfulness. So to always uh, um, be checking, to be uh, mindful. Um, and it seems like there's a subtle difference between mindfulness here and alertness. Alertness uh, seems to be checking for this clarity or excitement. Uh, and mindfulness, um, they seem to be very similar, but they're t used in two different senses here. So there is, one wants to look further into this from a scholastic point of view. You might look to what the Tibetan says here. Uh, they're translating mindfulness and alertness, and then you'd be able to see the subtle difference that would be there. Uh, so it says mindfulness is what makes you not forget your focal point. Uh, so remembering and, and alertness allows you to um, fight against dullness and, and excitement or uh, laxity and excitement. So uh, Rimache got into that a little bit. So what is laxity? What is dullness? Uh, there are coarse... Uh, and there are subtle um, types of this. Uh, and, and, and when we're saying dullness, it means a lack of clarity related to the object of observation, almost like a sleepiness related to it, um, an, a lack of focus, a lack of clarity. Um, and then, as Rinpoche said, there are subtle and coarse, coarse points of this. So this particular application, you would would be using to be alert, to see whether or not this is taking place. Um, so I guess if you're alert or being mindful, um, maybe there you can even in English see the subtle differences there. So you're, you're, you're guarding this alertness uh, at all times, being alert, making sure there's no excitement, making sure there's no dullness. Dullness looks like a uh, lack of clarity. Then a gupa? Okay。Okay。Okay。Okay。Okay。Okay。Okay。Okay。Okay。Okay。Okay。Okay。Okay。Okay。Okay。Okay。Okay。Okay。Okay。Okay。Okay。Okay。Okay。Okay。Okay。
Okay, so when we divide effort into categories, we can divide it into two. There is intermittent effort, uh, and there is effort that is always, every time. Uh, so here, the type of effort that's being spoken of is one that is always being engaged in, um, not something that is intermittent. Um, so uh, just uh, 
I, actually, I have to go back. I realize Rinpoche explained two sections. Okay, uh, just going back to finish off um, this second section um, before we get into accompanier. Uh, so uh, we were in the second section of uh, nature. Um, so just to finish off what the nature of it is, um, it says that the, the nature um, of it is single-pointed concentration. Uh, and then from the Abhidharma, uh, we find that magical emanation uh, is single-pointed concentration. Uh, so we find these two things uh, pointed out. Um, so these five um, flaws are abandoned by uh, familiarization with the eight aspects or eight applications. Um, and this is uh, knowing this path is what is to be applied. Um, so we find this in those texts. Um, so uh, Rinpoche went over. Um, uh, here we are. Uh, so the next gets into um, those accompaniers. Uh, so what accompanies. So it says then, so there is, so since possessing joyous effort makes the mind suitable regarding the path which thoroughly trains uh, in, so then there will be four categories. Aspiration, joyous effort, um, thought, I think we translated as last time, mind, um, so number three can be translated as mind, but I'm translating as thought. And number four, analysis. Um, and these are the four aspects of the legs of magical emanation, possessing the application of a meditative stabilization or a single point of concentration which abandons. Um, so uh, uh, let's see here. So these are abandoners. So when we look at faith and we look at these um, efforts and so forth that are presented, um, we see that uh, it says Zumba, Zundru, Samba, Jupa, Jidang, Le Shimbi, So these are the um, so what it, these are the mind and mental factors uh, that are related to aspiration, joyous effort, thought and analysis. So uh, if we're looking what the four aspects are, it are the, the mind and mental factors that, uh, that are aspiration, or you could say aspiration, joyous effort, mind, thought, analysis, and the mind and mental factors, the, the mind and the accompanying mental factors, uh, or as well as the accompanying mental fa factors. It says all, um, it says, uh, mind and <coughs> all the mental factors. Um, and this is where you find this. You find this in the compendium of trainings. Uh, and then it says uh, um, aspiration and effort uh, and thought uh, and analysis uh, aris um, arisen from the mind and mental factors. Uh, so um, this is, we would find this in the uh, Compendium of Trainings, Gundule uh, Tome, by uh, Master Asanga. Gundule Tome. Papa Tome? Okay. Okay, and so uh, when we look at the type of effort, again, this is a uh, continuous effort um, So, in terms of a company. Uh, so it points that out 
uh, in here, Shay Sung Bae Chair, Nirogi Gune, Sutrugi Kambaraji, Moha Yute. So it's so this is again it, it just goes on to say that these legs um these legs are are um those the that allow you to travel These legs which allow one to travel anywhere, these legs of magical emanation which allow one to travel anywhere, um, are, are dependent upon uh, a, a, a concerted effort in uh, the nature of, of single-pointed, kind of, in realizing single-pointed concentration. And this effort is not an intermittent effort. It's a familiarization that is, has to happen all of the time uh, in order to achieve this highest level. And when we look at, Rinpoche said this before, I forgot it. When we look at single-pointed concentrations, uh, the Buddhas is the highest level, and then the Bodhisattvas, uh, and then we would have the hearers and solitary realizers. And the reason that we say this is that on the um, bodhisattva grounds and the, the, the higher um, eighth and ninth bodhisattva grounds and so forth, we find these higher levels of pure, more subtle levels of single-pointed concentration than we would uh, in the hearers or solitary realizer vehicle. But it's obvious that the, the Buddha, who is omniscient, has the ultimate form of single-pointed uh, concentration. Uh, so, so this, uh, it says, it comes from a previous uh, familiarization with single-pointed, it's independence upon a previous familiarization with single-pointed concentration that uh, allows one uh, to uh, um, have this realization of single-pointed, the nature of this type of single-pointed concentration that manifests into legs of magical emanation, basically. Um, so it's basically saying that this single-pointed concentration uh, that is this magical emanation. So there's many single-pointed concentrations, not just these four, but if it is these four, it's single-pointed concentration. Um, so it's saying that these four this legs of magical emanation come about from a previous single-pointed concentration. Uh, and then it says, where, do you, where is this? And it says, Guntu Lei, Dumbi. So aspiring, uh, an aspiration, um, aspiring to have a single-pointed concentration. Okay. 
Less so. And then a Gundule Dumbi Tingenzi Ganshina. Okay. So when we look at uh, these four, uh, these are four, so for instance, the aspiration leg of magical emanation, the joyous effort leg of magical emanation, uh, the, the thought leg of magical emanation, and the analysis uh, leg of magical uh, emanation. So it says that this uh, aspiration um, is independence upon this single-pointed concentration that is aspiration, one then engages in joyous effort. This effort is an a continuous effort, an effort that is always being engaged in, uh, in this thought, semba, the the zundru dakpash, the semba, semba gare, Okay, so, so this thought is from a previous single-pointed concentration, uh, and an analysis is from hearing and looking at texts and so forth. Um, so, um, and, and then this effort also, it says, uh, um, a, a humble. Uh, so there's some humility, the word is used in there. I know last week we used that. Uh, I was trying to quickly translate things as best I could. Um, and even with a, a dictionary in a, you know, a few hours, it's not much you can do. Um, uh, but I tried to get this as best I could. 
so this, those are the four um, aspects of the legs of magical emanation. Um, and these are necessarily single-pointed concentration. Um, uh, okay. So now we get into the um, explanation of meditation. Uh, and the explanation of meditation is explained by way of two separate texts, uh, both by Lord Maitreya, uh, first text is the middle beyond extremes, uh, and then the second text is the uh, Mayana Sutra Alamkara. Uh, so um, I've been able to get the quotes from the middle beyond extremes, and I tried to pull the quotes from the Mahayana Sutra Alamkara, um, but the, it was interwoven with the Vasubandhu's commentary, and there were over 400 pages, and I just couldn't find the the quote where it was exactly. So I won't have the exact literal translation um, of it. I can get close, um, but I do have the Utash uh, with me today. So um, we find it says, so the explanation of meditation, of this meditation, um, uh, and, and it gets into... Uh, uh, hold on. I'm just <coughs> where we are exactly. Focus and flexibility enable one to accomplish every goal. This comes about in reliance on its cause, the eight applications that eliminate the five flaws. Um, so these are the eight antidotes, and these eight antidotes eliminate the five flaws or five uh, negativities. Uh, so that is from the middle beyond extremes. And I just I can't see. Nebanga, <laughs> So when we look at what are these five flaws, um, uh, the five flaws are, are as follows. Uh, being lazy... Uh, forgetting the instruction, uh, excitement and dullness or excitement and uh, lethargy, non-application and over-application. Um, so 
these are uh, the five flaws um, that will be explained. So it says uh, the explanation of the meditation is about these applications <coughs> and flaws. <coughs> So what, when we look at again at the middle beyond extremes, it uh, points out very clearly, uh, it says, being lazy, forgetting the instructions, dullness and agitation, non-application and application, these are held to be the five flaws. Uh, so that's directly from the Uttar. Uh, and then Rinpoche listed them, being lazy, forgetting the instructions, dullness and agitation, or again, excitement and dullness. Agitation is they're using instead of excitement. Uh, Non-application and application. could also translate it as over-application. Uh, these are held, these, those are the five uh, flaws. What so it's uh, very clear um, uh, where we have we we see all of these pointed out in uh, Ma Lord Matreya's text, uh, the middle uh, beyond uh, beyond extremes, uh, where it points out these five exactly what these five are, um, and it says that they are, these five are uh, lazy being lazy or laziness, forgetting the instructions, uh, dullness and excitement, non-application and application. Uh, so I was looking at the Tibetan, and it just says application. It doesn't say over-application, so it's inferred within it. Uh, so when you look at this in the Tibetan translation, and it just says application, whereas we would normally say over-application, um, it literally is only application, and it's inferred that it's too much going on of that. Uh, so, let's see. Uh, 
Lelo niem pa jidang, niem pa hlama jidang jidang Okay, so then uh, these, uh, so laziness, um, it says in the text here, it says that laziness has four applications, and the four remaining applications uh, that eliminate their respective flaws um, uh, basically are uh, um, in the order that they are remaining order and line up in the remaining order. I don't know how to say that technically, but the f there are eight total. The first four are related to the first of the five, and the remaining four are one by one related to the the f remaining four. So, um, so the four remaining applications um, are related to the four remaining flaws. That's the way to do it. The four remaining applications relate to the four remaining flaws. Um, and in the commentary, we see the word over application used. That's good. Okay, so Oh, lesso. So the way that we can get rid of, of <coughs> lesso, the way we can get rid of laziness is by effort. Just like when we have this misconception that a rope is a snake, the correct perception that it is a rope is what gets rid of or abandons the misconception that it's a snake. Likewise, effort gets rid of laziness. Uh, we'll take a short break. We'll be right back. The yard, tearing, gangsina, the tsawa yure, the jetsun shamba tsawa yure, the insunsan leilar. It should look cheap. Oh, I did it. Look at that. That's the bad thing. Just to let everybody know, I don't know if everybody knows, Rimache is starting. That's good, Rimache. Make Kanga the Sala Ramason. Just to let everybody know, Rimbache has already started. Um, I don't know. Just sorry. Okay. Digson. That never my never do you gender and war. Boy, you do you do you this? Lelu never jet on. Nebba <laughs> Mm -hmm. 
Okay, so um, so when we go uh, and we look at the varying uh, flaws, uh, we we see that each of these flaws uh, either is a result or a cause in terms of um, uh, single pointed concentration. So it says here that laziness has an antidote, and that antidote is effort. Uh, so this is the first thing it says. So uh, laziness uh, has effort as, uh, as its antidote, and that is brought about um, by intention, uh, so having an intention. So this effort is brought about by an intention, and that's cause is faith. Uh, so that's cause is faith, and the result of this joyous effort is pliancy or flexibility. Uh, so uh, that's what it's stated here. And then it says this comes from the Maitreya's middle beyond extremes where it says the basis and what is based on this cause and result. That's, that's it. That would be it. So, so that's it. So the basis in what is based on this cause and result. So that's what it says in the uh, middle beyond extremes, and that shows the source uh, for um, uh, this information. Um, uh, if just to read on further in the Utah, it says the basis in what is based on this cause and result. To not forget one's focal point, to notice dullness and agitation, to fully apply oneself. Uh, to the elimination of these factors and rest uh, naturally once pacified. Um, so uh, this is referring to uh, those eight those eight applications. So I'll read it again. The basis and what is based on this cause and result to not forget one's focal point and to notice dullness and agitation to apply oneself to the elimination of these factors and rest naturally once pacified. Um, but the quote that all that's quoted here is the basis in what is based on this cause and result. So the rest of it's not quoted. Um, so uh, let's see. Judon Drapodin, Shisan, Jute, Danga, JP. 
So again, Rimichi is pointing out yeah, not, that whoever copied this text, there's a misspelling in here. That's all. And it's not Pension Sun Andrapa's fault, Rimichi is saying. It's uh, whoever copied the text, there's an, another misspelling. Uh, so, so it says, the first four relate to laziness. The remaining four relate to the remaining four. It's, it says here, and, and the remaining four are explained in the following way. So now it'll explain uh, the remaining four. Okay? Okay. Okay, okay. Chi, chi, chi. Okay. Okay, so now the next application um, is uh, put uh, at the negativity of uh, not forgetting one's focal point. Um, so the way to not forget one's focal point is to be mindful. Uh, so to engage in mindfulness. And I'm going to ask Rinpoche what this difference between alertness and mindfulness is here in a minute. Okay, uh, so mindfulness allows you to not forget your focal point. Deek-sung. <laughs> So, uh, Rinpoche is saying, so 
Okay, let me translate. So alertness is what allows you to, um, that th you apply alertness to dullness and excitement or um, lethargy and excitement. So I said, what's the difference between alert and mindfulness? And Rinpoche said, mindfulness, uh, you're remembering the points that have been made. Alertness is that you're guarding specifically against excitement or dullness and you're remaining on guard to see if those things are coming up. Mindfulness is, is remembering the things that you're supposed to be doing and applying them by not forgetting those things which have been presented. Uh, so an alertness is just specific um, guard, uh, being on guard. So being on guard, being alert, that would be uh, another way, parentheses, being on guard. Um, so that shows you how there would be a little different than being mindful or being on guard. Um, thoroughness, mindfulness versus guarding. Uh, so uh, this is when you look at the, the words etymology. Well, etymology would break it down, but that's what the meaning of it and the slight difference between this alertness and uh, mindfulness is referring to. Okay, um Volition. <laughs> The Tambo Shima Drute Danga Jemba Danga Jemba Jemba Tambo Nipa Jayere Tambo Danga Jemba Danga Danga Jemba Dingapa Shingos Wat Marva Drupa Shingos Nebo de Shingogin Shingos Nebo Shingos Wala Shuan Shibi Shijin Shigo Okay, okay, so then number seven is volition. Um, what's volition mean? Does anyone know a quick what volition means? Is there another word or a synonym that I could use that would make more sense than volition? Purpose. Purpose or volition, which allows one to fully apply oneself to the elimination of these factors once they have been noticed. Um, so that's what number seven is. So it explains volition here. It allows one to fully apply oneself to the elimination of these factors once they have been noticed. Um, so you have this alertness, which is guarding for uh, dullness and agitation. And then volition is that once they're noticed that you apply yourself. Uh, and then equanimity is the mind resting naturally 
once dullness and agitation have been pacified. So you have this excitement and you have this dullness. Once those are pacified, you are, you're remaining in a state of equanimity, even-mindedness. Um, uh, so these are the eight applications. Again, the first four are related to laziness. And then number six is, um, uh, uh, I'm sorry, number five is mindfulness. Uh, and that counteracts not forgetting the focal point, not forgetting the instruction. Uh, number six is alertness, uh, or being on guard against uh, dullness and excitement. Uh, and then volition is uh, uh, allowing this application once you've noticed of the elimination of these factors. And then number eight is the place, the resting place of even-mindedness, of equanimity, where you abide once you're resting naturally, once dullness and agitation uh, have been pacified. Uh, so these are the eight applications and how they relate to the five flaws, the first four relating to the first, the remaining four remaining related to the remaining four. Okay, Rinpoche. Ne Ale, oh, ale, okay, Yanjir Surinang. Okay, Yanjir Surinang, Gamba. The dictionary, Okay, so now uh, it says we finished um, the quotes from the middle beyond extremes, uh, and now we will find and go over the related quotes from the Mahayana Sutra Alamkara. And unfortunately, I have not found these uh, in the hundreds and hundreds of verses that I've looked through. Um, and they're, they do, it doesn't make any sense anyway. It's one of those things that are just words in a row. But so it says that there are uh, these, uh, when we're looking at um, uh, magical emanations, we can divide them into base division method and base division method and... Let's go with den. I just lost my place. Oh, okay. Den. So basis divisions are uh, thoroughly differentiated is the literal. So it says the basis thorough differentiation Method and Ngumpar Drupa. I'm not sure what that means. Established, thoroughly established, maybe. A thorough establishment. Ngumpar Drupa. I can look it up real fast. Thorough establishment. If I don't get caught doing it. Ngumpar um, Drupa. Manga. Gakaganga. 
Mumpar, Jupar, manifest, um, manifestly established. Not that that helps us, but that's what uh, um, the translation of it is. Uh, manifestly established. Okay. Uh, so, and manifestly established. Uh, that's the fourth category. Them and, um, and this is... Um, so the meaning of what Rinpoche is saying is very similar to the middle beyond extremes. Um, so it's saying that these four legs of magical emanation can be divided into these four categories of base, division, method, and... Uh, where did it go? And thorough... Uh, thorough what did I say it was? Didn't matter. Uh, manifest, manifestly established, or um, established, manifest establishment, maybe would be manifest establishment. And then it says, uh, uh, this, these are how you explain uh, the four legs of magical emanation. Uh, these, these are how you explain the four legs of magical emanation. So this is from the uh, Mahayana Sutra Alamkara, and uh, I would I'd like love to see it exactly what it says. Um, it's here somewhere. Uh, I just I haven't been able to find it. I've been through the whole text once and haven't seen it yet. Um, so if anybody wants to, in their spare time, uh, there's m multiple translations of this Mahayana Sutra Alamkara out there. Uh, so you know. I don't have the Tibetan that goes with it, so that's how it's kind of hard. I have to assume, you know, what the words they're using are, but um, someone can do that just as easily. Uh, okay, so um, so the meaning's very, very similar, that these legs of uh, magical emanation, these four legs of magical emanation, which are uh, bring one uh, through single-pointed concentration everywhere, um, um, are explained by way of four cat four different categories. Okay, Rimache, the Napa. Uh, 
جو جو ناچ والا جو بھی چھ دریس
Um, and these are, again, necessarily single-pointed concentrations. So now we move on to the five aspects of the faculties. And I told Rinpoche, I know that we had a couple of questions. Uh, so let's, uh, it's, we only have 20 minutes and the, we have prayers and so forth. So let's do questions now. Um, uh, and then we'll see if we have time. Because I don't know how many questions we have. Rinpoche, uh, my question has to do with understanding impermanence. Okay. Um, particularly understanding how to understand impermanence in the context of the seeming permanence of memory, because the Buddha attained enlightenment and he remembered all of his past lives, so that information was there, like always, and so it seems as though there is some kind of a permanence that memory has, uh, and how to understand that in the context of the teachings of impermanence. Rimche, the mitapa dantapa, the kontriwa de, the sanje, the jewa kanga tringyu, the jewa ngama 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 ngama, the sanje, the kanga tringyu, then kongit sampa, the demba, the ne tringyu, the chi, the chikshena tapa, gangin sena, the dakpar, the yure, the sanje, the jewa ngama, the shin, Dakpar yure, drogamare, the the dayan sunsan chikshena the tapa yin. Gangisena the dakpar yure. Sanjay the jewangami shin the the kong the sem nangla yure. Then dayan sunsan kongitsampa the chikshena the tapa yin. Gangisena dakpar yure. Tapa dami tapa hakogamare kong. Tapa de tapa tapa yure the tapa maris. Kandre the Sanje, the Jewangama Kanga Tringyu, Tringadu, Kandre. Gangasena, the the Mitapa Yin, Garishene, the Yure. Mitapa Yin, the Drogu. Shuki Alan, Mamatanga, and those tattooed was. Then I just Hanjale, what they have never tell how you are. So, so the Buddha's. Uh, all of these things are impermanent because they are momentary. So when we look at the Buddha's uh, memory of things, it's just more expansive than our own memory of things. So for instance, right now, you think of what you got up in the morning, you had breakfast, you drove here, you can remember all of those things uh, that happened. It's, there's moment, it's impermanent because you're thinking about them in an impermanent way. The things have passed, uh, they, their causes and results, um, and a, a permanent phenomena isn't caused, nor is it caused something else. So it's neither caused nor causes something else uh, it, to be a result. Uh, so if something's permanent, then it is static. So these, these thoughts that the Buddha has are impermanent because they're momentary, they're, they're fleeting, but the Buddha just remembers more of them than we do. 
So this consciousness that we have contains all of the imprints of beginningless time. We are just not able to discern them or understand them. So the Buddha is. So the Buddha just remembers more than we do about our day. So that would be like saying that our day this morning is permanent because we remember all of it. So, so those imprints are, are impermanent? Yes. Okay. Yes. Pakja mitapayin? Yes. So thinking about this is very, very good. Thinking about these things is very good. So if you think about things like this, then you will learn new things. Then you'll understand new, new things. So first you have a doubt. You have this need for further analysis. And then from that you inquire and then you look into it, and then as a result, you have a new wisdom that arises from that. Yeah. Uh, any other questions? Yeah. Mm. Uh, so being new to this? Yes. Uh, of course. It's easy for me or it's easier for me to feel um, a sense of compassion for other sentient beings, right? But the idea of hearing uh, the Dalai Lama talk about a compassion for nature, uh, you know, viewing nature as a non-sentient thing, I find that a little bit more difficult. And I'm wondering if if we're supposed to be able to feel easily compassion or or if we're even supposed to be trying to feel compassion for non-sentient things, if that makes sense. Okay, so when you say nature, you mean anything non-sentient nature, meaning like non-mind-possessing well, nature, like a tree. Well, right, because when you think of nature, as you think you have to keep scaling down, right? And eventually, you hit a point of nature that's no more than like rocks or dirt. <laughs> well, anything so. without consciousness would be considered non-sentient. Mm -hmm. Sentient means mind-possessor, possessing consciousness. So, a sentient uh, anything without consciousness is what you're you're saying. So how do you develop compassion for something that isn't conscious, doesn't have consciousness? So for instance, a, a tree or a rock, according to Buddhism, a tree has no consciousness. So, so do you mean like how do you develop, can you develop compassion for a tree or a rock or dirt? Is right, that what you I mean? Because I find that really hard. Does the Buddha, did Dalai Lama say that? I, I, probably not in the context of like one should... That's cool. Rimache, the, the um, ninji, mipa, then uh, the ninji the the tamche ninji mipa the shin dan sa dan the kanga ninji mipa then the sem ninji mipa the senchen go in go Sijet 
Um, so what the Dalai Lama said, um, I'm not so sure because uh, I don't have it, um, but generally, no, we wouldn't say. Uh, compassion generally has object, three objects of observation, um, friends, enemies, and neutrals. Uh, um, so uh, Rinpoche said a non-sentient object of observation. I've never not heard of this being an object of observation for compassion because compassion is wishing uh, for friends, enemies, and neutral to be free from suffering and the causes of suffering. So that's how you would define uh, what compassion was and the divisions would be uh, compassion for friends, compassion for enemies, and compassion for neutral. So wishing that those three types of beings uh, are free from suffering uh, would be how you would explain compassion. Um, and there are three divisions also of compassion. There's compassion which focuses on sentient beings, compassion which focuses on phenomena, and compassion which focuses on the uh, observationless. Uh, so this means that if one has compassion, uh, for just a sentient being, any, any mind possessor, a, a worm, a snake, a, you know, any mind possessor, that kind of compassion, if it's devoid of recognition of that being's impermanence and that being's emptiness, then that type of compassion is compassion which focuses on sentient beings. If that compassion, which is focusing on sentient beings, also recognizes the, has a realization of the impermanence of those sentient beings, then this is compassion which focuses on impermanence. Uh, and then if one not only realizes the sentient beings are suffering, but then also realizes their impermanence, as well as their emptiness, then this is uh, measureless or um, observationless. It's translated a bunch of different ways, compassion. Uh, so compassion, as its object of observation, generally, it, um, because of its definition, wishing that sentient beings are free from suffering and the causes of suffering, um, would negate anything that doesn't suffer. Uh, so Earth doesn't suffer because it doesn't have consciousness, the, the, according to Buddhism, or a tree or a rock. None of these things can suffer. Uh, the way we explain suffering. I mean, you could, it could suffer because it could break or it could degrade. That's not what we're talking about in these terms. These are always um, in terms of sentient beings and their feelings and emotions and so forth that we relate to. So does that answer it? Cool. Yeah, so we see um, in the <coughs> beginning of the text by Chandrakirti uh, called the Madhyamika Avatara, Chandrakirti's entrance to the middle way, uh, where it, it begins with a, a large amount of um, homage to compassion. A Buddhahood's abundant crop 
Compassion is the seed. It's like the moisture bringing increase and is said to ripen in the state of lasting happiness. Therefore, to begin, I celebrate uh, compassion. It says, beings are like the moon in the ripple. And then it says, beings think I at first and cling to self. They think of mine and are attached to things. They thus turn helplessly as buckets on a water wheel. And to compassion for such beings, I bow down. Beings are like the moon in rippling water, fitful, fleeting, empty in their nature. Bodhisattvas see them thus and yearn to set them free. Their wisdom is beneath compassion's power. Uh, so here it's pointing out the various divisions of compassion and so forth, right at the entry of the Chandrakirti's text. Uh, so uh, hopefully that was helpful. So you wish to understand uh, this text further. Uh, so this text is a, um, a um, so Chandrakirti's text is a commentary on the Mulya Madhyamika Karika, which is uh, um, Nagarjuna's root wisdom text. So if you're looking for a, a commentary uh, which is great on all of this, uh, it would be um, Uma Gomaraso. The Lama Tsongkhapa's explanation of the middle way uh, um, is a very broad explanation of this text, which is an e explanation of that root text. So in, within that, it's very, very clear. Mm. So Rinpoche again quoted uh, this, uh, um, these, the, the, the points about wisdom, I'm sorry, about uh, compassion of Buddhahood's abundant crop. Compassion is the seed, is like the moisture bringing increase and is said to ripen in the state of lasting happiness, uh, or ripen sentient beings in parentheses in the state of lasting happiness. Therefore, to begin, I celebrate compassion. Beings first think I at first and cling to self. They think of mine and are attached to things and thus turn hopelessly as buckets on a water wheel impermanence and com uh, to compassion for such beings I bow down so seeing their impermanence and then beings are like the moon in rippling water fitful fleeting empty in their nature bodhisattvas see them thus and yearn to set them free their wisdom is beneath compassion's power so the wisdom coupled in there with that compassion seeing the emptiness of those sentient beings so you see the three kinds of compassion that are potential potential kinds of compassion within the first um, stanzas in Chandrakirti's entrance to the middle way or introduction to the middle way. Okay. Okay, so uh, we'll end there uh, and it's very important that we make very uh, strong dedications uh, for the virtue we have created today. And thank you everyone for listening. And concluding mandala offering and dedication prayer. <sighs> the fundamental ground is scented with incense and strewn with flowers, adorned with Mount Meru, the four continents, the sun and the moon. I imagine this is a Buddha land and offer it. May all sentient beings enjoy this pure realm. I dedicate whatever virtues I have collected for the benefit of the teachings and of all sentient beings, and in particular for the essential teachings of Venerable Ozandrapa to shine forever. I send forth this jeweled mandala to you, precious Guru. 
I dedicate all this virtue to emulate the knowledge of the hero Manjushri and likewise Samantabhadra as well. With whatever dedication is praised as supreme by all the conquerors who traverse three times, I also dedicate all my roots of virtue for the sake of auspicious deeds. In that pure land surrounded by snowy mountains, you are the source of all benefit and happiness. All-powerful Abul Kateshvara Tenzin Jatso, may you stay until samsara's end. I pray for the long life of the precious Kensar Wanda, the holder of scriptural and realizational doctrines, the spiritual friend who trained extensively in the five great philosophical texts, exceptional wisdom and perseverance. <coughs> Oh, yeah. <laughs> 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 <laughs>